This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as Martha and I broadcast another joint show running alongside the World Changer Network. We'd love for you to check out the World Changer Network online, worldchangernetwork.com. That's worldchangernetwork.com. As you listen to us all across Florida and around the world on iHeartRadio, just know that we've prayed for you that something we say today would cause you to dig deeper in your understanding of who God is and how that applies to what you do each and every day, understanding that your work really matters to God. We'd love for you to check us out online at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. And consider joining the I Work For Him Nation, making an impact and committing to making an impact to your workplace, I Work For Him Nation. If you do join, you're making a commitment to pray for those you work for by name each and every day, looking for ways to serve them over and above what your job requires you to do, looking for ways to befriend them outside the workplace, but all along being a person of excellence while you look for ways to pray with people when you notice they're having a bad day. That's the I Work For Him Nation. Go to iworkforhim.com, iwork, the number four, him.com. And Martha, we've got a listener line. We'd love to hear from people. We do. It's 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-WORK. And there, people can leave us up to a minute message. And actually, today, we're going to be giving away a book, Jim. So they can call into that listener line after they hear about the title of the book and leave us some information so we can contact them to get a um, copy of it sent to them at compliments of one of our guests today. That'd be fantastic. All right, like I said, the show is brought to you through a kingdom collaboration between the World Changer Network and I Work For Him Radio. We like to call this collaboration the I Work For Him World Changer Radio Network. James and Anna Kramer, the founders of the World Changer Network, online at worldchangernetwork.com. James and Anna feel led by God to introduce the world to the only one capable of bringing real change. And that's Jesus Christ. James and Anna have arranged for us to interview some amazing people in the past. And today, of course, is no different. Today we're interviewing together in the same room. This may be a disaster, but we're going to try it. We got John <laughs> We got John J. Anderson in here, and we've got Dr. Bruce Cook. Both of them are involved in many, many things. We're going to direct you to this one website, 8thmountain.com. That's 8thmountain.com, 8thmountain.com. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but that'll be a great place for you to start connecting with them. John and Bruce, welcome to I Work For Him. 
It's great to be here, Jim. Pleasure. I hope you really feel that way by the time we get to the end of this. Hey, we always start off with our guests to just hear, you know, how did you first become a follower of Jesus? Bruce, why don't you start us off? Well, I was saved when I was 12 years old, so I've been walking with the Lord for over 50 years, a number of years. Been in the marketplace for 40 years. And, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I think I was out fishing and I just, had a realization that uh, if I died, uh, I, you know, might not be with the Lord. And I said, I don't want that. I want to. I had a conviction of sin, so immediately, I think the next Sunday, I gave my heart to the Lord mm-hmm. and uh, received uh, baptism and uh, have been walking with the Lord ever since. That's fantastic, John. What about you? How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? I was. Uh... 18 years old, I was a college student living at home, going to a branch campus of uh, a local university, and I was an atheist, and I was not angry at God. I didn't believe there was one. I wasn't uh, upset with any individual. I wasn't talking them down. But So you were a legit atheist. I was comfortable hmm. in my unbelief, which is hmm. unusual. Mm-hmm. But I was also an outstanding student, had a beautiful girlfriend, a great car that I had built and painted, and everything was cool. But three nights in a row, I had dreams that disturbed me, and I hadn't had dreams since I was 11. The first night, I woke up laughing at the dream and thought, that's strange. I haven't had a dream, and and it was humorous. The second night, I woke up hearing screaming and when i woke up i realized it was my voice i was screaming Mm. at what i saw in the dream the third night i woke up feeling i was being beaten with fists and when i woke up they were my fists i was laying in bed shouting and flailing in the air and my hands were falling back down and hitting my body and i thought at that time this isn't pizza it isn't too much beer i was a college student Mm -hmm something's going bad wrong and I got scared in each of these dreams I saw myself kneeling in front of Jesus and giving my life to him begging him to forgive me and for a man who didn't believe there was a God how could he have a son of God why would I ask someone to save me and what was I being saved from I didn't know the next night I am scared to death I'm sitting on the edge of my bed The clock turned from midnight to a minute after midnight. It was leap day, February 29, 1972, and Jesus appeared to me in the flesh, standing in front of me. I touched him, and I saw in his eyes a review of my life from birth to that moment, and no words were spoken, but he got crestfallen and disappointed. And then it was like... Christmas Carol, and I'm Mm. seeing with the ghost of Christmas future what my future will be unless something changes. And his disappointment turns to disgust. And I heard resonating in my being, that is all you've done with what I gave you. I threw myself on the floor, prayed the prayer. I'd heard myself pray, fought against, screamed against, shouted at, laughed over, but I prayed the prayer I'd seen three nights in a row in a dream, and I'd never heard anybody pray a prayer like that. And that's when I got born again. Hmm. Wow. Very cool story. 
I really appreciate you sharing that. Mm -hmm. What's amazing is that all of our stories are so different, yet it all comes down to a, you know, a decision to just forego ourselves because we realize there's, there's a God that's greater than us, and he loves us so much. He wants the best for us, and, and yet we just need to turn, turn it over, get beyond ourselves. You guys have been involved in some really, really cool stuff over the last, as you said, Bruce, 40 years. Talk to us about the Eighth Mountain. Talk to us about that. Well, you know, get both of you. I want to hear both of your perspectives on on Eighth Mountain. And when we're, I'm not even going to tell you what it is. I just want you to know that the website EighthMountain.com, EighthMountain.com. We got John J. Anderson here, and we got Dr. Bruce Cook. These guys involved in the Eighth Mountain. We want you guys to hear more. Go ahead, Bruce. Give us give us your perspective on Eighth Mountain. Well, the Eighth Eighth Mountain is the mountain of the Lord. Uh, it's mentioned in Isaiah two two. And uh, Micah 4, verses 1 through 5. And it's really uh, kind of a, it's really a heaven, you know. So there's that, uh, the Lord's prayer is uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, so how do we get that? How does that happen? Well, we have to uh, spend time with God. We have to know God, you know. Daniel eleven thirty two says, "Those who know their God shall do mighty exploits or mighty deeds." And so, the mountain of the Lord—it's uh, about intimacy, intimacy with with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And uh, but it's also about the golden rule. It's about uh, uh, equity with justice. It's about uh, every man. Uh, under his own vine or fig tree, it says in Micah. Uh, so that's that's the whole principle of private property ownership, right there, uh, mentioned in in the scripture. And uh, and it's about uh, everyone will come to the mountain of the Lord to uh, have their problems, uh, you know, uh, to receive the word of the Lord, which is the counsel of God. It's not. It could be prophetic uh, intercession. It could be uh, someone explaining or giving you counsel in your situation. Uh, it's not necessarily, you know, the Torah or the Bible, uh, but uh, it's because, see, there's the written word, which is logos, and there's the spoken word, which is the rhema. And they're both the word of God. And uh, so we have access to that. And so the mountain of the Lord is all about um, having peace on earth through a relationship with God, through respecting others and their beliefs, uh, respecting private property rights, and respecting the golden rule. And uh, so those are, that's my answer to it. Well, and when we'll come back, John, we'll give you a chance to give your perspective on this. But it really is, you know, God desires for us to, when we give our lives, we surrender our lives to Christ, that's when eternity begins. And God wants us to start experiencing heaven on earth. And so many of us miss that point. You're listening to I Work Rain. We'll be right back with lots more with Dr. Bruce Cook and John J. Anderson about Eighth Mountain, and really about so much more. But that's one of the things these guys are involved with. And we're, this is, this interview was made possible through our collaboration with the World Changer Network, worldchangernetwork.com, worldchangernetwork.com. 
That's right, Jim. So one of the things we've learned with our two guests is I think you're both overachievers. So <laughs> when we first uh, met you guys, it's like, well, we have this and this and this and we're, you know, God's using you guys in amazing ways, but we've kind of are drilling down on the eighth mountain, which you have a website people can go to, which is the number eight thmountain.com. So John, explain a little bit more what, maybe start with what they'll find at the eighth mountain that might help them to understand Absolutely great question, Martha. So one of the things Jesus said would be true of the time that we live in is that nations would come into a place described by him as perplexity. And perplexity is one of those terms that means I'm coming to the end and it isn't pretty. I have no wisdom to solve my problem. I can't get out of the box that I'm in. Mm. And it's all going to collapse unless something intervenes to help. That's what perplexity means. Okay. Kings are coming nation by nation to a place of perplexity. Communities are. In some cases, it's homelessness. In other cases, it's race riots. In other cases, it's medical issues. In other cases, it's unemployment. In other cases, it's gangs and violence. There's perplexity. There are problems people can't solve. But if you review the scripture that that Bruce talked about, the Eighth Mountain, it says nations and people come voluntarily to learn his ways so they can walk in his paths. And what they get are the solutions to those problems. The Eighth Mountain, we've collected people like you guys and like James and Anna Kramer. We've collected so far more than 60 men and women from 22 different nations from all professions. We've got architects, accountants, ambassadors, assassins, engineers, entrepreneurs, educators, entertainers, property developers, media moguls, all backgrounds, all professions, all races, many nations, and here's what they've done. They've taken their perplexity and said, God, what does heaven have to say about this problem? Mm-hmm. And then they've been going about implementing that and seeing transformation take place. In some cases, it transformed a marriage or it transformed the office where they work or it transformed the city. Others are transforming nations. Their stories are all about taking the man and the woman who's been praying and saying, God, there's a greater purpose for my life. I know there is. How do I bring kingdom into my marriage, my neighborhood, my PTA, my office, my business, the government office? I think think it's really important for people to understand what you're saying is that God's got the answers to the questions if we would just ask him. And and that's really what the Holy Spirit was brought for. I mean, Jesus said, hey, I got to get out of here and I'm going to send somebody that's going to help you really live out the life that I've asked you to live. And it's our unfair advantage. As Christ followers, we've got the answers, which means we've got the answers to society's problems if we would just seek God in those answers. And, and you look at the example all through the Old Testament and the New Testament when the leader was humbled before God and said, hey, I got an army out here, like 185,000 or so. We don't really have a chance. God, what is the solution? He goes, don't worry about it. Tomorrow, I'll have that taken care of for you. Time and time and time again, Gideon, 300 guys against an army as vast as the desert. Mm. 
but just submitting Perfect. to the Lord. What's the solution? Hey, get a bunch of cracked pots out there, and we'll take care of this for you. <laughs> you know, time and time again, yeah. the feeding of Beautiful. the 5,000, I mean, just over and over and over again. Yeah. So how do we learn to submit to that? I mean, the Holy Spirit's got the answers. It's Our Unfair Advantage. Great book out there. I totally recommend for people, Our Unfair Advantage by Dr. Jim Harris. How do we learn to access those answers and bring those solutions to society? Because if the church starts solving society problems, the society will start listening to the church. How, Lance Walnow said that, I love that line, keep repeating. How do we learn to get, how do we learn to take advantage of those, that, that resource? Well, in Daniel chapter one, it says the king examined Daniel and his three companions and they were found to be 10 times better than all the mm. magicians, wise men, and soothsayers at the king's court. This was in Babylon. Right. And so 10 times better. Uh, it, you know, and it's because they had the Holy Spirit. They, they had access to the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. And we have that same access today. Uh, the second chapter of 1 Corinthians talks about that. talks about spirit-to-spirit communication that... Who knows the deep things of a man except the spirit within the man? Uh, likewise, who knows the deep things of God except the spirit of God? And so when we have the spirit of God living on the inside of us, uh, then we have access to uh, not only the thoughts of God, but the secrets and mysteries of God. And so uh, we, we have to learn uh, to tap into revelation and the revelatory knowledge of God uh, delivered to us through the Holy Spirit. Okay, but that's that's the question. The question is, the majority of Christ followers around the globe do not tap into that. Now, now I know there, I'm, I, and I said a majority, I know that there are many, and I have met many, who have learned to be quiet, to listen to that voice of God. Mm. Yet when you look at your ministry, Eighth Mountain, and when you look at what you're trying to do is to get people to understand that's the mountain of God, the resources, the access to God, understanding how to just to say okay i don't have solutions i got jim's solutions okay and jim's solutions work to a certain extent but jim's solutions have limits and jim's solutions can also get jim and martha into trouble and sometimes jim's solutions are very short-sighted because jim doesn't have exposure to the wisdom of god to see five years down the road how have you personally dr bruce cook access that wisdom of God to solve a problem for society and you know that solution came from God because it couldn't have come from a guy with a doctorate okay (laughs) I mean you're already a pretty smart guy how have you seen access to the Holy Spirit solve a problem that you never could have solved on your own oh I've got lots of stories but just take a really good one yeah one here's one example I was sitting in a board meeting. I'm a financial consultant by trade. And uh, I, was, I had a client. I was, we were sitting around a board table. There were about seven of us. And they said, uh, we really hate the name of this company, which was some, some kind of, uh, it was an R&D company. And I think it was, uh, you know, like XYZ Technologies mm. or whatever. You know, nobody could tell what they did by that name. So... In terms of branding, a terrible brand. <laughs> and so the board, you know, this, this company, they were all complaining about it. And I just, 
uh, quietly sitting there as a consultant, I said, Holy Spirit, what's your name for this company? Within about two seconds, the Holy Spirit said, Water Wealth. I had, there was a laptop on the table. I, I went to, you know, GoDaddy.com. I looked it up to see if it was available. <laughs> .com, .net, .org, not taken, all available. Uh, <laughs> then I, then, then, I, I do the same thing. Jim, then, yeah. then I went to USPTO.gov, the, the Patent and Trademark Office uh, website. Did a trademark search right there on the spot. Found out Water Wealth completely open. No trademarks filed on it in any category. So I told him right there, I said, uh, well, here's a suggestion. Uh, you know, as I was praying, here's what I heard uh, from the Lord for your company, Water Wealth Inc. Uh, and uh, by the way, I just happened to check and those names are available. They're like, that's amazing because our whole company, our mission is to create energy from water. Hmm. They go, that's brilliant. So they immediately bought bought the domains and filed the trademark. Like, well, I'm yeah. trying to figure out though if the Holy Spirit gave you the name, why'd you have to do the background check? He's like, you didn't think he had it figured out or what? <laughs> <laughs> Just double c- confirmation. Double confirmation. Crossed <laughs> <laughs> but verify. That's there it. you go. There you go. That's very good. I I get wow. it. I get it. That's Cause, amazing. Because the night I got the name, I work for him. I did exactly the same thing. Yeah, I came but, home from work. Oh. He's like, honey, I bought all these domains today and. God gave me the name, so he's What's right. the matter? You didn't trust him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, take it to the next step. So so one thing I had, before my next, oh, we only have a minute left. So here's a question for you. When people go to the eighthmountain.com and they read those stories, mm-hmm. is that what they're going to see is how those people tapped in to find God's answers to their perplexities? Yes, they will hear two things. First is they'll hear and see we have we have both some free videos we have some free articles we also have a subscription to a whole library of okay. videos and they'll hear the testimony of how god intercepted interrupted and intervened and then instructed and what they've done with it we've got in studio with us today john j anderson and dr bruce cook eighthmountain.com that's eight eight t h eight the number eight t h mountain.com eighthmountain.com and we were asking some tough questions. We we're having some fun in the conversation. And, and John, I wanted to, you know, I asked Bruce that question. I said, okay, give me a practical time where you accessed the wisdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit to make a decision, to provide a solution. Give us an answer from your, uh, your, your story well. I had been pulled into a high technology company back in 2004. The company was founded by brilliant engineers who already in their career by the age of 40 had 150 issued patents, 100 referred papers, six books, and chaired standards committees and were Intel fellows by the age of 40. (laughs) They funded themselves and they funded the company for a year to bring a product to market with no outside capital. I came in to help them with their money raise and became their chief operating officer. Someone had given them a really funky, crazy name that they liked because the CEO was Swedish. And this was kind of a contrived Swedish name that meant nothing in a North American market. The investors decided they wanted to separate the company into hardware and software company, and they asked me to take the hardware company and and lead it, give them some stock, raise some money. And so I became the CEO for the third time in my career. But they wanted us to call the company by this funky Swedish name. 
Well, we sat down and all of us in the company were believers. All of us were praying and all of us were doing what Dr. Bruce was asking about, Mm -hmm. seeking to see or to hear or to know, did heaven have a name for this? And it came to us in a moment. What do our products do? They make the ability to watch, these are security products, stronger, so we called it Strong Watch. And we branded this as the, the smartest cameras in the world. And they were. People chased us for years. They couldn't figure out how to make a camera smarter than we did. That came in a mm-hmm. flash, in a moment. I've done that same kind of, of look, listen, learn. And sometimes it doesn't come to me. Very often, like you've done today, you've asked the question and you made a demand on something resident in us and we've come out with something we hadn't thought to say. Mm-hmm. And I do the same thing. And people find the wisdom of God coming f- out of them. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So answer this question for me. What do you think is the most important message that the body of Christ needs to hear from you right now, John Anderson? They actually need to hear what Simon Sinek has been talking to businesses and governments around the world which is start with why. Almost everybody that's sitting in the pew thinking they're called to marketplace ministry is asking the wrong question. They're asking, Lord, what Mm. do you want me to do? The reason David was a man after God's own heart is he asked a question that no one since Moses had asked. He said, God, what do you want out of this deal? Not what should I do, but what do you want out of this deal? He's the only one mentioned as a man after God's own heart because what God wanted was family where his presence could abide. There was a role for kings. There was a role for priests. There was a role for every individual to have a personal connection with Almighty God and to be able to generate wealth and pass that along to their family, to resolve disputes, to live in health, to have education, to worship God freely. David was the first guy to ask, why do you want me to do this? And what do you get out of it? If Christians would say, God, why did you create me? Okay. Why have you trained me? Why have you led me down this path? And what do you get out of the deal? If they would do that, we wouldn't need to hear anybody else's story. Everyone would have their own. So somebody has trained to be a dentist to say, why, Lord? Why have you given me the ability be, to be a great dentist? Absolutely. And what do you want and me to do? And what do you want me to do with it? One of the most powerful and and successful anesthesiologist in the history of the United Kingdom was ready to retire, and he went to God and said, what do you want me to do now? And he said, I want you to enter the ministry. He's now called the Vicar of Baghdad. They've had tens of thousands of people over there, dramatically converted. They meet for church in the office of the lead imam Hmm. of the Sunni mosque because it's the only place that his, his... congregation members won't get assassinated they've lost their congregation eight times over because muslims killed them all but he's partners in ministry with an imam and they're working miracles raising people from the dead dr bruce cook how about you answer that question what is it one thing what's that most important message the body of christ needs to hear from dr bruce cook right now it's the eighth mountain uh, because the the eighth mountain is where we get the secret sauce from heaven to be successful on the earth. And uh, when we know God, 
when we spend time with the Holy Spirit, when we have intimacy with God, and when we know his heart, not just his mind, but when we know his heart, um, it changes us. So you, you cannot come into the presence of God and not be changed. Every single person recorded in Scripture in both the Old and New Testament, when they had an encounter with either an angel of the Lord or with Jesus, or uh, they, they were all changed. Most of them fell down on their faces, repented, and, and started confessing their sins because they were in the presence of holiness, of glory of, uh, you know, uh, preeminence. Sure. And so, uh, really, we can't talk about transforming culture or discipling nations until first we've been discipled and we've been transformed. And that's, that's it happens on the eighth mountain. It happens in the mountain of the Lord, in our relationship with God. There's two key scriptures here. Uh, first is uh, Psalm 37, 5 and 6. It says that uh, see, because the foundations of, of the throne of God in Psalm 89 are righteousness and justice. Psalm 37, 5 and 6 says that God will shine upon the righteousness of your cause. It'll, your face will be like the noonday sun with the justice of your your cause, your mission. And so really, the, the word your is used three times in those two verses. Mm-hmm. Your righteousness, your justice, your cause. And so that's the personalization. We have to personalize and make our foundations the foundations of God, righteousness and justice. And when that happens... Then God shines on us. He shines on our cause, our mission, our activity, our assignment, our destiny. And it all starts happening. The favor comes then. And in the corporate sense, you see that expressed in Second Chronicles 7.14, where it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, confess their sins, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear their prayers I will heal their land, and I will forgive their sins. Again, we, we, we. Corporate transformation, Psalm 37, personal transformation. Those are the two key scriptures about transformation in scripture. And when you look at where we're at, you know, Romans 12, 2 just says, stop copying the behavior and customs of this world and let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It's that changing the way you think. So often we find the church, the body of Christ, just copying the world and going, how come this doesn't work? <laughs> like, well, let's just start with just the one thing. He said, stop. I've given you a way. Yeah. The Holy Spirit. All right. Perfect. I, I want I, I want to draw out more, but I also want to talk about World Changer Network for just a minute. You guys are both here because of the World Changer Network. Found online, worldchangernetwork.com. James and Anna Kramer, uh, Kramer have obviously had an impact on your lives, or you wouldn't be here because they, they have, they've got an amazing amount of influence for these young kids. These young kids, just amazing. And they're not that young, but they're, you know, they're, I, just the nine months we've known them, our lives have never been the never been the same. When you hear about the World Changer Network, John J. Anderson, what excites you most about what they're doing and this platform that they've created? 
James Nana have found that there is a huge shift that is taking place first in the understanding of the kingdom of God and secondly a way that's been discussed today of hearing and tapping into that for myself and the big change that they're capturing is recognizing that all of God's people are hearing about that from heaven at the same time and they've chosen to pull leaders together to discover that they're hearing the same thing. And so instead of the old model of, I've just heard something new and I'm going to develop a new ministry track and get some new members and do some new media around it and it's mine and I'm going to compete with you for dominance in the marketplace, they're saying, like Bruce said, let's collaborate. Mm -hmm. Let's share your piece, my piece, and find out, oh my goodness, they're all his piece. So James and Anna are a powerful force for us to recognize what scripture calls Hamathamadon, a big word that says one heart, one mind, one vision, one passion in unity, which is the way we're challenged by the Apostle Paul to live. Dr. Bruce Cook, what about you? When you hear World Changer Network and you know and understand the platform, how does that, how does that excite you? Well, first, it's, uh, it excites me because it has the word world in it mm. and changer. So those are powerful action words. And uh, I'm an action kind of person. I'm a doer, you know. And uh, I I like being on the front lines and helping lead others and helping change culture and make the world a better place. So uh, right away I'm attracted to it because it's a big picture vision. It has the word world in the title, in the name of the network. And, uh, you know, the Bible says in... Ephesians 2.19, that we're members of God's household and fellow citizens of his kingdom. So I want to encourage all the marketplace audience listening here today that you're not one-dimensional. See, God's not a one-dimensional God. We're created in his image, so we're not one-dimensional. And so he's called you to be both members of his household, which is your local uh, body, uh, it could be a church, a home group, whatever, wherever you fellowship, but also his kingdom and your citizens in a kingdom, which is the global perspective. Mm-hmm. John Anderson and Bruce Cook, they've got this ministry, 8thMountain.com, 8thMountain.com. I really want you to check it out. You know, we're always looking for answers. We are all looking for answers. And most of the time, we don't go to God for the solutions, for the answers to our questions. We try to figure it out on our own. I don't know. I got to tell you, probably for most of my life, I don't know, at least the first 30 years, I never even looked to God for those answers. Martha and I have gotten better and better as our days have grown uh, to searching out those answers. Well, yeah. And that is somebody who was raised in a Christian home, gave his life to Christ seriously at age 13, and yet didn't see that that need, that connection, that open access that we now understand. So Mm. that is one of the reasons we're on the air is because of the fact that we know we didn't get it. Therefore, certainly, you know, we're not alone in that. And so we want to be able to share things like this with other people so that they can too look at 
life through the lens of, of our Heavenly Father and what He has for us. Right, and God wants us to see, seek Him for those those questions and seek and seek Him for the answers. Sometimes He wants us to seek Him for the questions, so we ask the right questions. I think you guys have said yeah. that. All right, so speaking of great questions, you know, we talked off the <laughs> air about the Matrix and, and Dr. Bruce Cook last night. You know, he hasn't shown it on the air today, but he is a ball of laughter. And, and so I just knowing <laughs> that I could just see him, and, and you have to see him with his hair. You'll see him in the picture. Jim's just he's got, jealous. I am he's got great, hair. He's, he's got great <laughs> hair and a great beard. And, and just, he's funny. And I'm just like, you got to be a Matrix guy. I could just see it. I could just see it. In you. And you are. One of my nicknames is Morpheus. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's great. All right. So talk to me about, it. draw the correlation between life and the Matrix. Well, the uh, yeah, I love the movie The Matrix. Uh, great, great movie, and uh, I think it's been serialized now. They've had uh, follow up, mm-hmm. you know, a couple films on it, and uh, yeah. So really, the power of that is like you could go to Hebrews eleven, one and two. You know, like what is faith? Is the evidence of things not seen, the substance of you know uh, what you hope for? And so, really, the Matrix, the the message there. Uh, one of the key messages is that what is unseen is more powerful and more real than what is seen. And so really in the Christian life and in business and in the marketplace, that's very true. Uh, Companies, corporations spend millions, some larger ones, billions in market research every year as part of their budget and operations. Mm -hmm. Most companies never spend a penny on spiritual intelligence companies will spend lots of money on market intelligence you know hire mbas look at all the trends the compound annual growth rate and and their industry and sector and different uh, product niches and uh, but almost no money on spiritual intelligence so spiritual intelligence is is tapping into the holy spirit tapping into the wisdom of god tapping into the revelation uh, hiring intercessors for your business or corporation or enterprise. Uh, maybe uh, having a prophet that you, you know, uh, allow to speak into uh, the future of your company or the direction of your company. And so when you, I call that spiritual intelligence. And so when you combine, it's not that you don't use the market intelligence. Of course you do. But when you add to it, that extra layer, that extra dimension, that's something more of spiritual intelligence, then that's when you get what Dr. Jim Harris has described in his book. Mm-hmm. The unfair just, advantage. Yeah, I mean, and, and why is it as Christ followers, we're not hearing that, that, hey, God's got, you got it, there's an extra amount of wisdom, knowledge available to you as a Christ follower. You got to access this stuff. I mean, it, and it doesn't, you don't have to be leader of an organization to access this. What, what I have seen many, many times in my own life is that God cares about those intimate details of my life. And, and many times I'm, I may be in the middle of a project and, and I'll be prompted like, don't leave that there because if you leave that there, that's going to cause a mess because you're not going to pay attention five minutes from now and that's going to, and, 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 and at first I would ignore that voice and then I would like, wow, I really wish I'd have listened to that. But later on I started realizing, wow, that's something I've got to pay attention to. John Anderson, when you look at the Matrix, and of course you you're Mr. Anderson, um, <laughs> talk to me about how the Matrix. You mentioned one of the scenes in the movie. Talk to me about the, how you see the Matrix a, as a correlation to how we look at life. Well, Agent Smith, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> 
the scene that captures my attention is the time when when Neo discovers that he is the one and the huge shift that takes place occurs when he discovers his true identity and throughout the movie he's been scared to answer that question he wanted someone else to answer it for him he went to the oracle and he got the answer he wanted not the answer he needed and so in that last scene he's up in the upper floor the fourth floor of this apartment building he's having a fight with all of the agents from the matrix and all of a sudden a shift takes place and down at the nebuchadnezzar morpheus and trinity said it's starting he's beginning to believe well what is he believing it's not believing a what it's not believing his skills abilities his how it's it's not the what he finally understands who he is and when that identity shift takes place in you and you know who you are who god designed you to be created to be in relationship to him first yourself second and others third all of a sudden the whole rest of the picture comes together and you become infinitely powerful because now you realize the i will never leave you or forsake you the i am is with you and he guarantees your destiny like it says in psalm 20 the lord may the lord fulfill all of his purpose for you and that understanding is so powerful Uh, and in that scene that's where the agents are all shooting him and neo just holds his hand up and all the bullets just fall to the ground Uh, just like with george washington you've heard that story george washington was really the first matrix liver because he he had holes in his uniform and yet no bullets ever touched his body and and same thing because he had prayed for protection others were praying for his protection had bullet holes in his uniform and And he didn't even spend 14 dollars at the cinemax in order to figure out how to do that no (laughs) prayer (laughs) so as we're speaking about war i want to ask this question because you guys really as we're talking with dr bruce cook and john anderson um who together are part of the eighth mountain.com number eight th mountain.com we um we see that you both have roles to play in, in God's plan. And if you were, John, let's start with you. If you were one of God's generals and you have a large unified force of believers who are ready to move at your command, what is it that you would tell them to do? The first job of any general is to unify the forces under their command with the great why and then train them ruthlessly in preparation for the what, and then trust them when they're deployed and resourced with the how. So a good friend of mine, also a general, Dr. Stan Jeffrey, has a ministry called Boardroom Profits where he's been teaching the boardrooms of the top 100 companies in Australia to sit quietly and hear the voice of God as they ponder business decisions. Mm. He's equipping Mm-hmm. Generals first equip, okay, and then they command. Dr. Bruce, how about you? Well, I would say first, I've got four four steps of how I would uh, mobilize an army for the kingdom. First, disciple the army. Make sure they're equipped and trained, empower and transform them, as Jesus did with his disciples, mm-hmm. uh, and then encourage and support them. And then secondly, commission them. After Jesus discipled his disciples and trained them, 
he commissioned. He chose 12 to commission as apostles, and then he sent out the 70. Uh, he had a larger group. He had, you know, over 500, it said, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, followed him. And so uh, commissioning is appointing well, captains, lieutenants, colonels, ranks. I, I want to hear you are at the top of the mountain. You've got millions below, and you have been given command, and they are already unified. They are already ready to go. Yell to them what you want them to do. I want them to change the world. I want them to disciple nations, disciple systems, disciple businesses, disciple neighborhoods, cities, counties, states, nations. Excellent. That's what I wanted to hear. Excellent. Go. Get this done. Enough of the stupid. Let's go. Let's roll. Yeah. I like like that. Is that trademarked? Enough of the stupid? (laughs) Enough of the stupid? (laughs) No, probably not, but you can have it. Make a t-shirt. Enough of the mamby-pamby weenie butt Christians. That is is trademarked here on I Work For Him. (laughs) We're getting ready for for a radio show now. That's right. You send them out. If you're a general, you have to send out your troops. You send them into the battle. You send them into the territory, uh, into the theaters that you want to, uh, take, you know, take, take over. over. Amen. Dr. Yeah. Bruce Cook, John J. Anderson, thanks for being on I Work For Him today, guys. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. We will Martin. do this again. 8thMountain.com, 8thMountain.com, 8thMountain.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.